This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM 111. Hello and welcome back. I'm Saika Choudhury, Executive Director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management and a Professor of Management at Wharton. And this is Mastering Innovation on Sirius XM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm thrilled to introduce my next guest, Sally Grimes, President of Prepared Foods at Tyson Foods. I think most people may know what Tyson Foods does, but it will be really interesting to hear what Sally's doing there. She's been named Innovator of the Year by Blue Sky in 2015 and one of Advertising Age's top 24 women to watch a few years ago. Sally, welcome to the show and thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Remind our listeners a little bit about the brands that your company has and the products you sell. Sure, absolutely. It's actually a pretty exciting time to be part of uh, Tyson Foods. Tyson is actually the largest food company in America, mm-hmm. and uh, we have quite a large portfolio of brands, many uh, I'm sure you've heard of. We have a few billion-dollar brands like the Tyson brand you see on chicken, uh, the Jimmy Dean brand, mm-hmm. Hillshire Farm. Uh, we also have brands like... Adele's sausage, more artisanal brand, um, Ballpark's uh, hot dogs. We also have a lot of emerging uh, brands like Hillshire Snacking, uh, Tyson Tastemaker Meal Kits, even Nudge's uh, Pet Treats. So quite a portfolio of uh, protein-packed brands, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wonderful. Tell us a little bit about the latest initiatives. I was reading how you and some colleagues of yours have been uh, really eyeing to disrupt yourself by, in fact, moving from your traditional focus uh, on meat to non-meat proteins. That seems like quite a radical departure. Well, you know, it's really about offering choice to consumers. So protein is actually continuing to expand, and consumers are looking for both animal-based and plant-based protein. So yes, we're, we're disrupting ourselves, not as necessarily a replacement to animal-based protein, sure. but to expand the repertoire for consumers as they're, they're looking for choice in their desire for more protein in their diets. What I like about what you're doing is, you know, we we teach students strategy. You know, everybody knows that you need to adapt over time, and and that's how you remain relevant. But sometimes I think companies define themselves very narrowly. But instead of defining yourself as a meat company, you're really defining yourself as a protein company, and that can come from multiple sources, and and that you have a lot of competence and experience in. That's absolutely right. Um, I think the other aspect of that in terms of, casting a a kind of wider net or opening the aperture is uh, taking a look at multiple growth models. So not only thinking about the categories in which we play holistically in Mm -hmm. terms of protein, but the way we approach the opportunities, we think about more of a suite of growth models versus kind of a, a traditional approach to how we're going to grow. If that makes sense. It does make sense. And I'm going to, of course, probe you a little bit further on that. What are the growth models that you're looking at? Yeah, I mean, I think 
I think this is just really all about the flexibility to match kind of the solution to the opportunity and to expand Tyson's overall growth capacity. So when we think about kind of the the suite of growth models, we talk about uh, building, which is is something that a lot of us have been doing uh, throughout our career, so thriving in our core categories yeah. through, you know, well-developed brand building and innovation processes. But, you know, we're we're also building by applying those in new ways, like um, something we're calling the Tyson Innovation Lab, yes. which is a totally different approach to innovation. Um, another is buying, so M&A, yep. right? acquiring new capabilities or new brands and creating new economies of scale. Um, investing, so we have a, a Tyson Ventures group that it enables us to invest in early stage growth opportunities. And then I think the last one I would probably describe is, is partner. So we're partnering with other brands and businesses like we've never done before, um, you know, businesses that share our values and, and really bring complementary capabilities to the table. So I think the the theme that uh, of all of this is that we've we've really stopped trying to use old tools to to solve new problems. Sally, you're becoming my poster child. I teach on um, corporate development M and A and and also innovation, and and we always talk about all these strategies. You know, the make ally buy options and how oh, that right. entire repertoire needs to be uh, at your disposal. And it's not easy to do, but clearly yeah. you're displaying it, which is which is fascinating um, for me. Tell me a little bit about the Tyson Innovation Lab. In fact. Today was an exciting announcement of a new brand that's intended to reduce waste, I guess, in the, in the supply chain and in consumption. Tell me a little bit more about that. Sure. So, you know, I think this, uh, this all started as we were thinking about innovation, what's happening in the market today. And we're seeing a lot of growth, obviously, coming from smaller startup companies. And the typical CPG companies that we've competed with in the past are not going to be our biggest competition as we look into the future for growth. So we really took this step back and we said, what should we be thinking about from a growth model moving forward? And, and one of the things that we did is we said, let's create the Tyson Innovation Lab, which is simply tasked with bringing new consumer products to market in six months. So the first brand launched today, and it's called Yappa. And it challenges consumers to rethink snacks for good. And I'll I'll explain that name. <laughs> Please um, do. I didn't yeah. even know how to pronounce it, which yeah. is why I didn't try. So thanks yeah. for doing it for me. <laughs> well, the brand name was was inspired by a tradition in uh, South the South American Andes called called Yapa, mm -hmm. which refers to um, like if, you're, if you're at the farmer's market, that little something extra that a merchant might give to a customer, so nothing gets wasted. Um, the the other interesting aspect of of the word that is that it means beauty uh, in in Hebrew. So the idea was that um, to inspire people uh, and partners to rethink their relationship with food and how it impacts society and to find beauty in the forgotten. And so what we've done is we are leveraging. Um, and, par and we've sought partnerships with kind of like-minded food companies. And what we've done is, is we're leveraging rescued and upcycled 
vegetable and and grain-based ingredients that might otherwise be left behind. So think about the juicing industry Mm -hmm. and all the pulp that actually ends up in landfills Mm -hmm. from the juicing industry. We're taking that. We're also taking spent grain from the beer brewing process. We're actually partnering with Molson Coors on this. Fascinating. And we're combining that with our own uh, chicken trim that is still chicken breast trim that's still full of flavor, full of protein, but we're taking that trim and combining it with either rescued, you know, vegetable Mm -hmm. puree from juicing or rescued uh, Molson Coors spent grain, and uh, we're creating, we have created these protein crisps. And so it's, it's a brand new snack that launched today on Indiegogo which uh, is a crowdfunding platform. So um, you can see it online right now. Fascinating. Now, now I, I was curious about the details. I don't know if everybody's so interested in all those details and would like to see that in their food they consume, but you're doing yeah. a good thing. I'm sure it's all hygienic and it's probably yeah. very, very tasty as well. They're actually delicious and uh, a great source of protein. Going back to the fact that that's what consumers are looking for. They're looking for how to add more protein into their diets, how to have a kind of on-the-go snack for their kind of on-the-go lives. And here is something that is kind of a snack for good. They're doing something good for the environment. Well, I certainly will try it. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Saika Chaudhary, and my guest is Sally Grimes, the president of Prepared Foods at Tyson. We're talking about innovation at the company, but also in the food industry. Now, I, you know, I like what you're doing. The approach sounds great. Everything sounds textbook. But it can't be so easy. I mean, doing innovation, uh, having a lab doing something in six months within an established enterprise with lots of inertia doesn't sound so easy. We know that alliances often are difficult because you can't align partner interests. M&A is tough as well because you have to integrate these outside entities into your organization. How do you defy the odds? How do you make it successful and what challenges you have to overcome? (laughs) Well, the first thing that I will say is that... um, I don't think innovation is for the faint of heart, Um, (laughs) but we can't operate from a a place of fear. I think imagining possibilities, it's not scary. It's about opportunity. And so the trick is embracing failure and learning from it because otherwise, you know, we'd be paralyzed to ever pull the trigger Mm -hmm. on kind of that, that new idea. Um, What we've done at Tyson, I think is, is started with cultivating a mindset for the team mm-hmm. to, to see the world in new ways. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about a sense of curiosity and inquiry, a sense of empathy uh, that all leads to a focus on solving problems for people. And I really think that it has to start at the top. Uh, this innovative climate has to permeate the enterprise, and that can't happen unless you lead from the top with it. And I think it includes a lot of intangibles of culture, um, a sense of a sense of purpose and beliefs and expectations. And we've been really, really intentional with our innovation intent. 
Um, what's new for us is what I was describing at the onset of our conversation, just the idea that we have to stop using old tools to try yeah. to solve new problems. But, um, you know, I think that culture is at the heart of it. The idea of transforming cultures is very powerful, and the idea of role models at the top, of which uh, I have no doubt you are one, is also very powerful. But how do I actually inculcate that shift in mindset? I mean, I could get a whole bunch of new people to do stuff, or I could work with the existing organization, and I presume you do a bit of both. How do you exactly manifest that in your organization? Yeah, I, you know what? We talk about it over and over and over again. And one of the things we do is we celebrate failure. So you can't get comfortable with the idea of embracing failure, failing forward, unless you talk about failure. And that leads to the need to experiment. So one of the things we do a lot of is, and I'm a strong believer in starting small and then scaling fast. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we have tremendous and meaningful scale as the largest food company in America. (laughs) That's right. Um, But the opportunity is to have a lot of experiments out there. Start small, see what's sticking, iterate. And we talk a lot about agility. I know a lot of people talk about agility, but this idea of kind of breaking large, complex problems into kind of manageable kind of modules, so to speak, for kind of adaptive development is is a really big deal and has really helped us, I think, make a lot of great progress in this area. So I love this. I mean, tell me more about this. How do you exactly make it work in your organization? So someone has an idea and what happens next? Well, we talk a lot about one of the values of ideas can come from from everywhere. Yeah. So someone has an idea and why this is the beauty of having the scale of Tyson, right? You mm-hmm. can you can have a lot of different experiments going on at once and it's it's a move from I think um perfection to just progress. So Mm -hmm. it's not about perfect plans and failure avoidance. But if someone has an idea, tell us how you might want to take that to market. Maybe it's not a product idea. Maybe it's a process idea. Maybe it's an idea for doing something a little bit differently to drive efficiency. And so what we do is we talk about it at, we have team talks, we call them team talks, where Mm -hmm. we all get together and we talk about and celebrate failures. We talk about the experiments. We ask people to share their ideas. Um, it really is about creating that that culture of, let's say, transparency and collaboration mm-hmm. and trust. And you're right; it's not easy, and um, we are certainly not perfect at it. <laughs> lots of ups and downs, but we strive really hard to uh, be a culture where people feel super comfortable saying, I have a great idea. Can we try it? And here's how I think we should try it. I'm telling you uh, to really underscore and elaborate on a lot of these things, because oftentimes we hear about uh, explanations of new organizations and structures and, and role models and processes like the one that you're telling us about in companies that people associate with very fast moving industries like, for instance, Google and others. Right. And, and I really want to underscore how innovative you guys are and how systematic this is. Um, so there's sort of this underlying logic 
which uh, exists here as well. And and I love the idea, and it sort of starts small. Uh, I guess in between there was sort of uh, fail fast or incrementally improve fast, and then you can scale quickly as well. That probably is is part of it. Yeah, and and we don't rely on internal capabilities only. I think that yeah. is something that's really changed throughout my career. Um, started my career 20 years ago in a very traditional, you know, craft foods, um, kind of stage gate innovation process. Well, today, I mean, another example is the the Tyson Innovation Lab partnered with a startup, um, again, to fight to fight food waste, but it was all about leveraging the startup to um, take products that, like, uh, in our kind of value stream and combine them to launch uh, a box of um, a product that could be shipped to consumers that were maybe uh, kind of lower in the, uh, yeah, sorry, I think it's flash food box. Yes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) flash food box, flash food box, which, um, which we wouldn't have come up with on our own, to be honest. This was a startup that, uh, that came to us and said, you know, we can leverage your protein and combine it with other companies' produce and help consumers with this flash food box. My point in sharing this is that it doesn't all come from inside Tyson Foods. We have to leverage ideas outside of the company as well. Absolutely. And it's the external and internal, which are really powerful um, in combination. It's really an open innovation model that you guys are pursuing then. That's that's absolutely right. It's it's part of that suite of growth models. Uh, still follow kind of in some respects where it's appropriate, kind of a stage gate process. Mm-hmm. We have a more agile approach to innovation, certainly. Uh, that's part of the build. There's the partnerships. There's the M&A. There's mm-hmm. the, you know, investing with our uh, our venture group. So, yeah, it's about... It's about the flexibility, I would say. Music to my ears, and you make it sound very easy, though you need capabilities to make good decisions, and then you have to implement each of these strategies, which is not that easy, but you seem to have mastered all these things. Um, we're striving to master it. (laughs) Every day we strive to get a little bit better. That's for sure. Wonderful. One question I wanted to ask you uh, before we end is prior to this position, you led the global growth initiatives of the company. So what are the insights you gleaned on approaching different markets or even approaching new product development or innovation for different markets? Yes. Um, I, I joined Tyson a few years back uh, with the acquisition of the Hillshire Brands Company. And one of the, the first opportunities I had was to uh, lead global growth across the entire enterprise, as well as lead our international business. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I quickly realized was that you could actually take insights from developing markets, markets that maybe in some respects maybe in the area of technology, we're moving faster and take some of those ideas and bring them mm-hmm. back to our home market. So uh, maybe a great example is in China, where food safety is such a key focus and transparency mm-hmm. is pretty important. So what we did is we took um, we took a QR code and we put it on, you know, fresh tray packed chicken so the consumer could see 
based with, you know, with their smartphone uh, on that QR code, where the uh, the farm that that chicken came from, mm-hmm. and could find out exactly when it went to the store that they were buying it from. So I share that because that's an idea that actually started few years back, and we launched a few years back in China, mm-hmm. and that's an idea that we absolutely could apply to our home market here in the U.S., because transparency, uh, it's, it's something that globally is a focus. Uh, so that's one idea. Plenty of, plenty of examples of that exciting time of leading global growth for, for Tyson. Oh, that's wonderful. A great case and great example of leapfrogging. I would love to continue this conversation longer, but like every good show, we're running out of time. Thanks so much, Sally, for joining us on the show today and sharing your insights. Thank you. Glad to be here. We'll be sure to have our listeners follow what you're doing and all the innovative things that are going on, including your new brand. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. Thank you all so much for joining us. If you have a question about something you heard on today's show, email us at businessradio at SiriusXM.com and be sure to follow our show on Twitter at BizRadio111. And you can, of course, follow the Mac Institute at our Twitter handle at Mac Institute, as well as our website, where we'll also be posting about the show. Once again, a special thank you to our guests today, Greg. Isaacs of the Branded Entertainment Network and Sally Grimes of Tyson Foods. I'd also like to thank our producer, Brian Drew, as well as our sound engineer, Danielle Bruno. Until next time, I'm Saika Choudhury, Executive Director of the Mac Institute for Innovation Management, and this is Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 111. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 